Hello and welcome to the first edition of the Sports Angle podcast. I'm Kirsten and every week we'll be talking about the latest, hottest topics in Philadelphia sports. On today, Monday, August 5th, we're going to be discussing the biggest news in Philly's um, corner of the world right now in the demotion of Michael Franco down to AAA Lehigh Valley and um, Franco, the third baseman, has been with the Phillies for the past six years, um, starting in the in the Phillies farm system and moving up, moving up, and eventually earning that third baseman um, starting position. So I have a lot of questions to talk about, a lot of angles I I, I want to look into. Um, but the thing is, the 2019 Phillies are disappointed to the city, disappointed to the fan base, disappointed to everyone involved because. You know, you thought with the pickup of some great off-season choices, Gene Segura, obviously the big one, Bryce Harper, um, Andrew McCutcheon, that the Phillies could be in contention. As of today, August 5th, they sit seven games out of first place. They are a couple games back in the wild card. And this is not what, you know, I don't think they envisioned what we the fans envisioned. Um, to be happening at this point as we look, as we start August and look towards September, it's disappointing. You know, we wanted the Phillies to be able to compete this year, and I get it, they're young. You look at how many guys are around the middle, the middle 20s, low 20s, it's a young team. And, you know, look at it this way. They did lose McCutcheon, and they lost Robertson. You know, they lost some pitchers. You know, Arietta's had the bone spur problems. But the thing is, the Phillies haven't been getting punished. Now, I'm not saying they need to get punished every time. I'm just saying that they're major leaguers. If they're not hustling a ball out, they should be seated. Now, back to Mikel Franco. And just to, set a, just to set a base, you know, Franco, like I said before, his last six years with the Phillies. And in those two years, he batted over 270 in 2015 and last year, 2018, with um, over 20 home runs. And, you know, he has been an inconsistent player, very inconsistent. You know, he's a frustrating player at times because he can go on these streaks of 20, 25 games, 30 games when he's hitting every game or he's getting on and then all of a sudden he will go on these really slow slump games and games and games and he's his average all of a sudden drops 100 points. You're like, this isn't the Franco I know. And yes, it's frustrating. And But to me, it, it just doesn't match up. Some things just don't match up. And, and here are the facts. In the last 33 at-bats, you know, this season, Franco is batting 231, you know, with 77 hits and 15 home runs. In the last 30 games, he was batting 268, and then he declined to 200 in 40 games later. And then in the last 26 at-bats, he's down to 192. And he dropped almost 80 points in the last... 30 games, and you think, wow, like, he's in a slump, you know, things happen, but no, this is how he is, he goes through these slumps, and he doesn't run things out, and he gets frustrated, and you can see the frustration when he's throwing the bat down, and as a fan base, the Phillies gets frustrated with him, but when he goes on his hot spells, he's a great player, and you know what, sometimes players don't match up with the team they're with, and with a new direction, I mean, this is the second or third season of Gabe Kapler, Couple seasons in, he's played all three, all the, you know, all of Kapler's term here. And the bottom line is, Kapler just doesn't like Franco. 
Now hear me out. Franco does not fit what Franco wants in a player. Franco is a one-dimensional third baseman. He specializes at third, and you're like, you're like, whoa there, like, whoa. I mean, doesn't isn't that what everyone does in MLB? Yes, many players do that, but Kapler likes the player who can play second a night, then play third the next day, and then play center field for two more nights, and be good at all those positions. And, you know, when they're growing up in Little League, that's good, but now, that's not what they are. And, you know, Scott Kingery is the face of that kind of player. You know, he has had bounce around because he doesn't have a position right now. You know, he started out and they paid him last year thinking he was going to be the full-time guy and he didn't do too well. But this year he stepped up and he worked on his craft and he's really come into a good player. But Franco, Franco has been improving though. You look at last year, about 280, 15 errors on the field. He was getting his hitting down. He was not so good in the field. This year, he's averaging about 230, but he only has six errors, and we're well over 100 games now into the season. So you look at that, and you say, and you look at Franco each night, and he's gotten better with ball handling. Let me tell you, he fields it nicer, cleaner. Sure, he makes a few mistakes, but that happens. But six errors, like, at this time in the season, I mean, that's pretty good. I don't believe that Franco should have got demoted. I mean, sure, Franco is a not streak hit player, and I understand you should bench players when they're not reaching their full potential to give them a break, let them reset mentally, and show them that they need to step up. But who else has Kapler done that to? Yeah, he hasn't done it to anyone else. He hasn't done it to, you know, Harper struggled. Harper has these long streaks, and Hoskins has struggled. And Segura had a long, long streak of struggling, and he let him play for a long time out there. To me, it doesn't seem fair. Sure, Franco's not hot, and maybe it's his time to go, but why didn't they trade him at the deadline? They wanted pitching. They wanted to get outfielders, and I understand that, you know, you lost McCutcheon, and you have so many guys who are, you know, Brad Miller just was reinstated, so you know, with, with that hamstring injury. So when they put down Franco, they made room for Miller. And you know what? I get that. You, you want to have those position players, but you can't have five, you know, those aren't going to be five guys. Franco has worked his butt off for his position. I still think he deserves it. I still think that there's other guys who should well be benched. And, you know, you know, guys that, that play every day that need to take a break and they don't hustle through it and they throw their bat down and won't run out of a ground ball. To me, it's just ridiculous, and to me, Franco does not deserve this. Um, he really has grown into the position. He, The fans of Philadelphia have a love-hate relationship with Franco, and while I think he, his time in Philly is up and his days are numbered as it is, I don't think sending him down to Lehigh Valley was the right choice. I think for a guy like Nick Williams or a guy like Brad Miller or someone who's younger, who is still learning the game, and when you need space, send down a guy like that, who can continue to improve and come back for you a few years later. Franco, that's just a low blow. And I agree. I am very critical of Franco, and I agree that he should be just treated the same way, but I just don't think it's fair. In the end of the day, the bottom line is, Franco will never be the player that Kapler wants him to be. And if he's not the player he doesn't want him to be, if he can't play four positions, then Kapler is going to bench him. I'm tired of them not seeming to not run out balls and not put in the effort they that they should have. And 
it may seem like this on our it, it may not be that case who, who knows what the case is but the thing is on our end that's not how it looks another thing i want to discuss is player development i mean you look at the players who have gone through the phillies organization in the past couple years and have gone to have better seasons and this is a thing that happens so i get it like a new player gets traded and he's he's on his edge and he's just so geared up about, you know, being mad about being traded and he really wanted to play at that place and he goes in a hot spell, you know, he, he has a tremendous season. But that's, you know, that happens. But when it happens to more than one player, you're kind of suspicious in the fact that J.P. Crawford, you know, in his last two seasons, he was with the Phillies, 17-18, he batted 214. Now in his first year with the Mariners, he's batting... 249 and he's batted 361 in the last 30 games and then you look at Carlos Santana who they got in last year the big man you know long-term player you know great guy to have a veteran on the field in the clubhouse and then you look and he literally was batting in 229 at the Phillies last year struggled you know very much struggled this year he's batting 314 in the last 30 games, and he's and in 30, 388 at-bats, he's batting 281. I mean, that's a little suspicious to me. Sure, it could be luck. But to me, that is just the players reacting to the coaching. And that's why it has me thinking, is Franco a victim of the coaching? You know, sure, coaching does a lot, and not, and he's one of the players that stands out. But my thought is, when he does get traded... What's his, you know, what's his future going to hold? And, you know, that's down the road. You know, why didn't they trade him at the deadline? That is the biggest thing that I think we can take away from this, too. One of the bigger things is he could have easily been traded for another position player that Kapler wanted. And I know the GM is, is different than, you know, the manager, obviously. The manager focusing on the day-to-day -day activities, on the game, on everything, and how to make sure his players are healthy and happy and and the GM is focused on getting the next trade that can make them successful and make a run for the postseason. I just think, like, when I was a player, when I, when I, I just, I'm, I used to be a student athlete. I just was a recent student athlete. And when my coaching, when I wrecked bad from coaching, I performed bad because my coach wasn't, wasn't coaching me well. And you, you know, when you're in, when you fall out of love with something when you're not coached well and you start doing bad when you're not in good habits. And that's, what I think Franco may be a victim to. They could have easily traded Franco at the deadline. My thought is they knew Kapler had to communicate with the front office and say, Franco this, Franco that. And you can see from the signals, anyone can tell that he's just not in the cards anymore. I just, I honestly think this demotion could have been well avoided and I think it's unnecessary. How does this affect the clubhouse, the 2019 Phillies clubhouse? If you ask any player in that dugout now, they will all tell you that the dugout is a big part of their success. The chemistry those guys have, the handshakes, it shows you their passion and their bonding with each other. If demoting Franco and treating him like this has to have an impact on those guys. I mean, if you think about it, if you're at work and the person next to you who works hard but in some in some tough times but gets thing, things undone is if he was fired or d demoted in the workplace wouldn't you think I'm next and yes hey they need to be 
pushed. They need to be pushed to the point where they need to be playing better. And they're off just as frustrated. You can tell. They want to do better. They want to impress the city. They want to bring a championship home. But my thought is, how will this affect the Phillies clubhouse? Will they be acting different? Who knows? But I think this is going to impact it. It's going to impact the culture. And maybe that's why Kapler was waiting and waiting and to demote anybody or bench them. But it's, it's got to be done. You've you got to bench people. But at the same time, demoting is one thing. And I'm guessing at this point in the season, with all the games they've lost in the last couple of months, that it's something that had to be done. But the bottom line is, and I just, I don't think this is right. I think should the situation should have been handled differently. But I think this is going to have a lot of consequences on the clubhouse. And I think as the days go on, it won't be immediate, but it's something that's going to affect the team. And when Franco does come back, which he should come back and then be traded is my thought, I think that it will change his, his viewpoint. Franco is like any other player. And to tell me that Sean Rodriguez is better than Franco and shouldn't be set down, I mean, to me, Sean Rodriguez is not a major leaguer. He's not play well. He doesn't get in a lot of games. I get it. He's a position player. He pinch hits a lot. But Franco down over Sean Rodriguez when Segura has barely been hitting and they've Cesar is you know, just not doing as well as he originally had, he, but he hasn't been consistent either. So you can't tell me that Franco is the only one who is struggling here. If you're going to send a message to the team, do it, but don't demote your starting third baseman. They just lost your starting third baseman. You need someone consistent there every night, and I don't think Scott Kingery wants to be in that position. He'll play it, but I think Franco deserves that position. And I'm just interested to see how long they'll wait him down there. You may as well trade him at this point because with the demotion, he's just gone. I want to know what your thoughts are. I want to know, what do you think, like, will this have a really big impact on the Phillies clubhouse? Will it? What's, what's your opinion? You know, was this demotion justified? Do you think Franco deserved to be sent down? Do you think this is what he deserved? You know, and let me know. Leave a comment. Um, but thank you for, t thanks for tuning in. We'll be back here next week to talk about more Philly sports. Again, I'm Kirsten and this is the Sports Angle. In the demotion of Michael Franco, blue.